Welcome to the Kinky Cast, a sexually explicit podcast. If you are under 18 years of age, stop the podcast now. This is episode 212 of our weekly exploration in the kinky world of BDSM and alternative relationships. Views expressed are not representative of the management of the kinky cast. We welcome guests with opposing viewpoints. Today, we present A Mischief Managed on Evolution of a New Dom. Don't forget to stop by our webpage for loads of information about this show and others. KinkyCast.com. Here's your hosts, Woody and the Beast. Thanks, Max, and welcome to another edition of the Kinky Cast. Sitting next to me is the Beast. Hey, Woody. Hey, man. Welcome back to winter. Yeah, tell me about it. Tell me about it. My my toes are freezing. Tennessee is such a roller coaster. You can get warm blasts any time of the year, and then you'll you'll get this cold thing settling into your bones. (sighs) So, well, warm me up with a story. Well, well, we're coming from the uh, desert here today. The desert, yeah, doesn't feel like yeah, the desert. Yeah, well, well, maybe the cold desert. Well, 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 it is electronic, Woody. Oh, okay. It is, it is electronic. Uh, we're out in Arizona today. Ah, okay. Yeah, we have mischief managed on the phone with us. He has a interesting perspective, Woody. We don't often get being the old timers we are. Old farts. Old farts. That's true. He's he's coming at this from a brand new perspective. And get, getting a lot of recognition and fame of late here. So um, we're here to hear his journey, his thoughts, and what he's uh, some of the adventures he's had along the way as a relatively newbie. Hey, Ron. Hey, welcome to the cast. Hi, thank you for having me. Ron. Yes. You are not one of these veterans with... Uh, a couple of decades of kink experience under your belt. You don't even have a couple of decades of life experience under your belt. So (laughs) a couple, but not a whole lot. Yeah. Some people think I've, I've been in the scene for quite a while and uh, actually I've only been uh, on this journey for about three, just over three years now. So you are well in that post 50, 50 shades expansion that the community has enjoyed. Yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> uh, did you see the movies? I, I unfortunately, I, I did see one of them. We won't hold it. Unfortunately, we won't hold it against you. We won't hold it against you. I, I have two different opinions on the movie. I feel it's a good gateway for people to get curious, but it needs to be followed up by a lot of education because there's a lot of things missing. Well said. That is absolutely a true statement because it's a tantalizer. It's a tease. And as soon as somebody wants to get serious, they need to stop watching, stop reading uh, novels and start uh, getting in the real world. All right. A a disclaimer to our many authors out there. We still love you. Oh, reading fiction (laughs) is fine. It's just that you can't read fiction and then expect to go out and find reality in the world. Ah, point, point, point taken. So, Ron. Yes. You have developed, it sounds like, a bit of a understanding of the truth of what we do in your short time. What brought you to Kink to begin with? It was actually my ex-wife. The last couple years of our relationship, she's a professional photographer, and she would be bringing home beautiful, beautiful women 
young girls, they would get tied up in my house and she would take photos because we have a little studio. It's a tough life, you know. I think Woody, we're going to end this call now because I began to hate this, this, this man. All right, <laughs> Rod, oh, it was a hard, hard, hard life. So the wife was, uh, was she a fetish photographer or was this her uh, personal expression too? Uh, she does, she does weddings professionally, but she, she's got into the community a bit more than a year before I did. And she mixed kink and photography and would, would bring these young ladies home. Okay, so you had a front row seat to this a whole year before you you dipped your own toe with sin, <laughs> or or something. Yes. Yeah, I tried to stay uh, kind of in a room to give them privacy, but periodically she would ask, you know, if I could hold a light or help sit up for her, and so I would be right there watching the naked person, and I'd call that generous, very generous. Yeah. They were okay with me being there, so it's interesting. As you probably found since then, we're a very open, relaxed group of people, aren't in general, aren't we? Oh yeah, yeah, no, definitely. There, <laughs> there's a lot that I didn't expect to find as part of this journey, which has been wonderful. Like nudity is normal. That was interesting to get used to as well. What kind of background do you come from? We are we we're, we're here to help our our listeners identify with with the stories of our uh, guests uh, because they can then take away something and realize, I'm not so alone. I'm not so weird. So where did you come from before this? What I usually tell people is that they, there are some people that grow up always knowing that they're kinky. And ever since they were you know, teenagers, they were always on websites and they knew. I was not that person at all. Oh, my. This is a unique perspective here. So go ahead. Tell us more. So I... Went through life being kind of like try to be that good guy, paladin type, people pleasing, don't make any waves kind of guy. And uh, I stumbled upon this journey, of course, from my ex-wife. And it wasn't till literally my mid 30s until I even decided to explore any of this. My wife was the first person I ever had made love to. And my literally the only other sexual partner after that has been people she introduced to me and from this journey. So this really has been a quite an eye-opening experience here then. Yeah, yeah, definitely a curveball in my life. All right. What was that first thing that you would say you truly had crossed over into the world of kink? Uh, it's got to be a mix between two. The first sexual scene, my my wife actually introduced a woman into our relationship. So that was the first threesome I've ever had. And she happened to be one of the leaders uh, of a group. So that's kind of how I, I started going to events. The first scene as in uh, kink scene, I a wonderful young woman who is from San Diego who was, who was visiting allowed me to do wax on her. And that was the first, my first dipping my toes into kink in general. Dripping wax on a curvaceous, lovely body. Mm -hmm. What kind of power trip was it? Uh, funny enough, because of my wife being a photographer, a lot of what I saw her do was done with kind of class and style and art versus more, uh, versus more that power exchange. So I approached wax in that same style. So I was making 
pictures of art and Pokemon and the Star Trek <laughs> Enterprise on on someone's back using wax. So I was make I was trying to make art on somebody. You were approaching it from the uh, from the very visual standpoint, and the bottom's reaction. Back then in my journey, it was much. She was just offering her body as a canvas to do art on. I didn't learn that connective type of play till much later. Oh, uh, all right. So, uh, how much later before you started putting the uh, the energy uh, and the personality into the play? It was a good year and a half of me picking up different kink skills. That I mean, I, I was very lucky to have people around me that would allow me to practice on them, whether it be rope or sensations or fire. And I got to I got to play around with the technicalities of it all. But uh, it was it was a good year and a half ish into it till I till I really found myself enjoying that that exchange of energy, that power exchange. And it was it was actually from a beautifully submissive young lady who came into my life. And at that point I was a service cop until then. And she brought out that dominance in me. It, it became something interesting and fun and enjoyable. It's funny when somebody comes along and en- enables the, uh, the beast in you, like the beast in him to come out <laughs> and it forms a, a new person. And you have somebody that is cooperative and open. I'm still very thankful for her in my life to introduce those things to me at as well as other beautiful people who have come along and have taught me more about how wonderful it is to have a slave or, you know, the healthy ways of being to touch people around you. I mean, it's all for me observing other people that have allowed me to be who I am today. Ron, you have touched on several, I think, very important uh, points that uh, that many new people really need to be reminded of and know that it's okay, one, to be patient and do practice and observe and learn. You don't have to jump in and run full steam and be a master and a slave owner in your first month of kink experience. If I tried that, I would I would have been a very bad one. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I think that is something that many people miss is the fact that patience is a virtue in this. It, it definitely is. One thing I tend to say quite a lot now is the phrase one step at a time. And people try to rush things or take bigger bites than they can chew. Or I mean, it's an exciting journey and people really kind of throw themselves out there. And it's okay to take baby steps. It's okay to grow in small increments. It's okay to fail and just keep communicating, keep talking, and keep learning. Failures. You sound like a man with a little experience there. And from what I'm gathering, your candor is you're okay acknowledging that that happens a few times along the way. Well, I feel it's kind of, even as someone who identifies as a dominant, I feel actually part of a leadership role to say, hey, look, no, even though I know a lot, I still fail and I still have things I can grow on, which gives everyone else permission to fail and to grow. That is something that some people need to hear occasionally, is that it's okay to fail. You don't have to be a perfect success every time. 
if you look at the uh, the real stars of the BDSM world, you know, the Lou Rubens and what have you, I'm sure he's mistied a few knots along the way, uh, you know, suspended some way that didn't go quite perfect the first time. And if we don't learn from mistakes, we're never going to be proficient at it. That and I believe people like that who are really touching their communities, they, they of course, they'll fail eventually at some point, but they often take responsibility for those failures and make a commitment to themselves to grow from them and to do their best to be a better person tomorrow than they were today. True words there, true words indeed. You mentioned something else that I think that is important, observation. You were observing your wife's technique for a long time. You were imitating it, and you were observing and imitating others along the way. Now I'm quite sure you are beginning to develop your own specialized skills and techniques, but what do you think about the importance of that observation and duplication process? It's probably the easiest way to learn. Again, I was fortunate to get in touch with very good leaders and educators in the beginning of my journey, which I think is important for any new person to get into contact with those type of people. They become your safety net, and they were for me. When I messed up on something or I didn't know, I could always ask them and get their opinions. I feel the ones that that take the time to watch and to learn and to ask the questions and to imitate when they can and grow, I feel that's the easiest way to learn versus just trying haphazardly and failing all over the place and learning from trial and error. I think building that relationship with the people that you are getting feedback from so they're comfortable giving you honest feedback is important along that process. It's not always easy to hear critical feedback. The ones who are able to take that and grow from it, those people will become the best at what they do. Ron, let's fast forward. You are a prolific writer. You are up there with Intermind and the Ferret as your has amount of writing that you get. Where did this come from? Well, that, that's that's very high praise. The shift in who I was over the past few months. Before then, I was more focused on the journey being beautiful and creating wonderful scenes and having it being this picturesque kind of experience. And since then, it, it was a lot more honesty to realize that I had to accept both my strengths and my flaws to become, the best way I can explain it is to become nutritious for the soul of the people I'm around. In my writings, it shows a lot of my flaws and a lot of the things that I struggle with or what I have struggled with, but I think are important to revisit again. It seems to resonate with people. What was that first kinky and popular moment like? The very first one, that was random happen chance. I think my, one of my first 200 writings, only one of them went can be. That was kind of addicting, although I wasn't able to do that again for a good year and a half. So that, it was a, it was a neat experience. Kinky and popular is on the kind of, if you go to the explore button on FetLife and it's kind of the most popular writings and pictures and videos of the last day. And it shows up there. And how do you know that you made it to that page? Oh, your your picture or writing will be on that page. So you have to keep watching for it. The other way you can tell is 
there's a little at symbol where people like or make comments on your photos or writings. Usually when you have over 99 there, then you probably hit something. <laughs> it goes from two or three to 100. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much what happens. Exponential growth there. And now, Kinky and Poplar, how common is it to hit it? For me, it's nearly every writing. Wow, that's that's going somewhere. It's actually reverse. Every once in a while, I'll have one that doesn't. Again, all of my writings now are from a place where it's either a struggle I just overcame or, or a comment I hear in conversation. I feel that's it's an aha moment that I feel other people need to hear. I've noticed that some of your writings in this post-Harvey Weinstein error is very open about the flaws of the men and our way that we've been learning to have learned to interact that this is something that we haven't been aware of that needs some some adjustments i applaud you for your braveness and tackling this with honesty i feel that the more honest i am the more people can actually like really connect to me they'll, they'll see the real me and the real journey and maybe other dominance or other people that are coming along who have less experience will, will be able to see that and allow more people into their lives to connect more deeply. What is in the future? Oh man, for me, I just recently built my own house and a house in kink can look like anything. A lot of them are to manage either events or their own intimate relationships I built mine with three different tiers, and one is to manage my own personal intimate relationships. One is to help people gather together and make their fantasies a reality. And the last one is to educate others, to learn from my experience or their own in a kind of a scheduled class progression, and then hand that off to newer people behind them. So it makes this snowball effect of education throughout the community that's what i hope to accomplish with it really you're sitting out there in arizona you've got a vibrant community out there is apex your local club i spent some time at apex i spent a lot of time at the socials here and at house parties although i've been to scenes from Hawaii to new york about 10 different cities that i've been to oh that was quite a journey for a newbie yeah. Uh, what I usually tell people is I have a lot of experience density, and that's usually why people feel I've been in the community for five, ten years. I think I've been to nearly 300 events and about the same amount for scenes and, and play sessions. I can't say I've been to that many in 20-plus years. Wow. Yeah. Like two or three a week kind of was was a – what I was doing yeah, all over the place. I am in that ballpark, but I've, I got mine over many, many more years. Of course, I was a club owner for quite a few years, so that counted for every Saturday night for a long time and the occasional other event. So that is amazing. Density, I, I do like that word. You as a club owner would have very different perspectives and, and much experience that I could never get. So it's interesting to talk and learn from everyone. Well, running a club is more work and less glamour than you might think. 
I will just tell you tell you that on the on the front end. I have had scenes interrupted more than once. Where all the toilet paper in the bathroom? Mm-hmm. Yeah, important yeah. things. Important things, yeah. I guess. I mean, I feel a lot of that stuff though is a lot of the things that people don't feel is glamorous is actually some of the important stuff. Like you going through that allowed your community to have a club when people go and and journal through their emotions and struggle with them. That's not glamorous, but it, it helps a lot along their journey. And a lot of the non glamorous things practicing at home, tying your leg 20 times is what leads to the beautiful moment. That is the patience that is important for people to get. You came into relatively late in life compared to a lot of these newbies. Yes. We have people uh, that are now uh, 18 years old and claiming five years of experience. <laughs> no legal problem there. Uh, and, and I'm sure you have seen a few of those profiles. Yes, I have. The 19-year-old master. Yes, tell me of your journey. Right. Yeah. You had a more established life experience than others. Do you think that helped your transition to where you are today? Quite a bit. If I got into this when, when I turned 18, I would be terrible. I would be horrible. I, I would have been the person that I look at and think, oh, man, that person, that would have been me. What kind of advice would you give to these younger generation that are our future, really? The best advice I could give anyone would be to be kind to your own faults and to choose to grow just a little bit, just a little bit today, and to just keep that process of a little bit of growth, not to conquer the world, not to own 20 slaves, not to be the best submissive ever, just to do that small thing that would make you a little bit better today. He completely left out top frenzy. And bottom frenzy. And, and side those, frenzy. And, and all those other frenzies. Yeah. So you appreciate patience. A little, little steps. I won't de- <laughs> deny that I have, have had my share of top frenzy. But it, what helped me along the way was those people around me to listen to their feedback, to help throttle me back. And those people are important just to not go through this journey alone. I'm so glad to hear you say that because a lot of people don't recognize it, especially in the early days of getting in the scene. You want to do everything and you want to do it at once. Well, there is also the matter of developing your network and getting the quality people into that network that you can. Rod, it sounds like you were blessed with quality people surrounding you from very early on. I was fortunate to have uh, definitely have a few and get gain more along the way. So you came into the lifestyle and a lot of our listeners are out there in small towns that don't have uh, local scenes to speak of or they're, they're hidden at any rate. So you want to come out, you want to learn about the scene. How do you do that when you're just a newbie and you want to dive in? Even small towns have some scenes. Well, I mean, it really depends how small. The scene I was originally from had only about 30 regulars and maybe a 100 total people in that whole area. That is small. Yeah. So 
it's good to get out there and be social. And I, and I do understand that there are some places where that's really not that possible. And for those people, I say, you know, use FetLife is a resource. It's a community itself. There's a lot of forums where you can ask your questions. There's a lot of videos that you can watch just like even on, on YouTube about, you know, how to do a basic tie about safety, about how to not injure yourself or anyone else and how to play responsibly. So definitely dive into those uh, when, if you don't have a large community and then potentially think about making a road trip to some of the other events, such like Sin in the City in Las Vegas. And they, they have about 80 classes, eight, eight zero during a weekend. And that's a lot of education in one small period of time that you could just dive into. Yes, we have those conferences all over the country now. We have Frolicod here in the southeast, which is, uh, what was the head count last? Approaching 3,000. Yeah, 3,000. I highly recommend going to whatever large conference is, is in your area. And it, that also allows you to make some of those connections with people. You can ask them questions and meet teachers and meet educators and meet other fellow Kingsters that are just, just want to learn. The good advice that is tried and true. Anything else as we wrap it up here, Ron? Stay true to yourself. Everyone's journey is different. And I feel that the individual personality of whoever is listening will be a keystone. Like, don't feel like you have to adapt to some templated way of living. This is your life and you live it how you choose. Do what is best and healthy for you and for the people that you're responsible for. And you're ultimately responsible for yourself first. True words. Well spoken. Listeners, we've been talking with a mischief managed. Also uh, known as Ron. Also known as Ron. <laughs> you can find out more about Ron on the show page and have a link to his writing library, which is quite extensive now. Ron, thank you. Thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you for having me. We'll talk to you soon. You have been listening to episode 212 of the Kinky Cast. For more information about this show, go to kinkycast.com. The Kinky Cast is a production of Rooster in the Round. On behalf of all our Kinky crew, I'm Max. See you next week when we present Master Chaos on BDSMWiki.com.